Will Ferrell really like he sings a lot in a lot of movies that he does, which is really funny. He's got a good voice. I don't know. Does he have like any? Oh, he's got a rap album. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What? Is it like a mix of Fergie and Jesus? <laughs> You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men staff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Nina Granger. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today we have another one of our recruiters as a special guest. We have one of our newer recruiters. She's been in Atlas um, uh, probably about as long as Morgan was or is. Uh, We have Desiree Thrower. Thanks for joining us, Desiree. Hi, thanks. I'm excited. So fun fact, Desiree, I actually knew who she was before she started working at Atlas because she is also in the wedding industry or I guess just the photography industry. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, Desiree. How did you just about you and your life and kind of what brought you to Atlas? Sure. Um, so, I mean, as you said, photography rolled, but I mean, I am or was fully a wedding photographer for the past seven years and um, met a fellow recruiter here at Atlas and she had talked to me about how she was doing recruiting and all of that Um, and I had recently gone through a divorce and was talking about that I needed more stability in a job and I'm sure as you know as a photographer um, that being self-employed is scary. Uh, so especially for a single mom, um, I started asking more questions to her and she started telling me. And then from there, she kept telling me, you should really look into it. So I finally did and took the plunge and interviewed and here I am. And it's the best decision I have ever made. That's awesome. Speaking of weddings, um, I wanted to ask you, Desiree, uh, because, you know, this world that we're living in right now, I, I totally agree as far as it comes with, you know, being self-employed. I had actually considered before I started at Atlas, I'm doing my business full time. And I was like, I'm going to wait a little bit, you know, have a full-time job, pay off some debts. And then I just really fell in love with Atlas. And I'm also just really thankful that I didn't do it full time because it uh, weddings are getting canceled. Um, for a while, you couldn't even go to public parks to take pictures. So, it's it's a scary time for for us in the industry. Um, I've had a few weddings since all of this has happened, and um, it's definitely scary. You got to be really prepared and just kind of protect yourself in that way, as far as like wearing masks and not hugging your clients and things like that. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's been weird for sure. It's been a weird season. It really has. Um, yeah, I just, I just shot my first one since COVID has started and, um, it's interesting. It's definitely different and being, being in the venues and how different it is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things to be mindful of and 
making sure that, you know, uh, using my words more <laughs> to direct them and tell them what to do as opposed to me going up and being like, oh, can I fix your hair or can I do this or fix your bow tie? Um, yeah, and then shooting with a mask on was definitely different. And um, yeah, we're just in different times. And yeah, I am so thankful for Atlas. <laughs> I really am. Like it just... <laughs> Leave, like leaving that wedding day was great. It was still a beautiful day and, and all of that. And we were still able to capture everything. Um, and I love weddings for everything that they are because I'm a hopeless romantic. And, um, but it left me feeling so thankful for this job and grateful that I've been employed because had I not, that would have been my first time working in the entire year of 2020. So that's scary to think about. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, but speaking of Atlas, um, so you joined us as an allied recruiter, but we recently changed it where now you all kind of get to recruit anybody. Yes. (laughs) So since Nina is also an allied recruiter, I kind of wanted to, before we get into the movies and all the fun stuff, I just kind of wanted to ask you guys about that. How has that been going? I think it's just going really well. It's really, it's nice to have the experience and the knowledge that we've gotten from being allied recruiters and that we can take that with us through the company. Um, now that everything is opened up to everybody, it's kind of exciting that we have that option now. And also we're still kind of experts in this whole side of the business. And so we're also acting sort of as educators to the other Um, recruiters in the company. So we're kind of in a special position right now. And it it feels really exciting that this change has come about and that we're the first ones that get to experience it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, It's, it was definitely a very exciting change um, to the point that I was almost in tears. I was so excited um, just because of everything that had gone on. And it was different and um the fact that we're now all across the board and now I'm learning even more and being able to connect with um you know the nurses as well and then on top of that it's really cool like Nina said that with the nurse recruiters even though now we're all the same but with the nurse recruiters that have been doing nothing but nursing um we're all exchanging and being able to help each other out. And we find it, um, many conversations that I've had that we find it to be um, potentially a lot better for us as recruiters because there's so many duos out there that, you know, one is a nurse and one may be a respiratory therapist Mm -hmm. or one is an ultrasound tech and another works as an ICU RN. So it's, really great that we are an agency now that can give you the same recruiter and build together um, as a team, as opposed to having to work with two different recruiters in the same company. Um, And really, it's just another opportunity for us to continue building relationships with travelers, which is really the best part of our job and what all of us love about working for Atlas is that all day long, we just get to make new friends and it's exciting and it's just, it's fun to just sit around and talk to your friends all day. Honestly, it's the best part about this job. Agreed. 
Absolutely. And speaking of um, making friends, so um, I reached out to Desiree before we recorded this episode. Um, just with our uh, recruiter spotlight episodes, I like to kind of get a good idea of what you guys are into, what you're watching, what your favorite movies are. And like I've said a million times, you can tell a lot about a person by what their favorite movie is. And uh, Desiree seems to be a big fan of the comedies and romantic comedies, which uh, I know Nina is a really big fan of. So uh what are your favorite movies Desiree oh gosh so it's a tie between Step Brothers and Crazy Stupid Love they're both my fave and I feel like it just if you know me it totally shows the two sides of my personality like Crazy Stupid Love has so much humor in it but it's so like hopeless romantic and that is totally me and then Step Brothers is just the jokester, um, dry humor, and that is definitely my sense of humor. So. That's exactly me. I think that <laughs> if, when we talked about, um, when did we record my favorite movies? Was it in my birthday month? No, it was no. like in February, maybe. Yeah, it was February. Yeah, it was a little bit afterward. Um, yeah, so actually I reviewed Crazy Stupid Love because that's one of my favorite movies. Um, there's so many things that I love about it. But then on the flip side of that, like my other comedic favorite movie is Hot Rod and um, uh, 22 Jump Street, just silly, silly comedy. Yeah, I, I like I like the 22 Jump Street and all that too. Yeah, those are definitely in line with me. <laughs> we have we have the similar taste, Nina. <laughs> yes, and then there's Jamie who loves horror. <laughs> Hey, I, I like these movies too. I do too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, Jamie just has a dark side. I, I do a little bit. I, I do like <laughs> the creepy and the and the scary. I'm definitely a big fan of that. But I do love me a good comedy as well, and a romantic comedy for sure. Um, we did talk a lot about Crazy Stupid Love on a previous episode, but let's talk about Step Brothers. Um, so Step Brothers is a fantastic film um, with uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. And um, since it's one of your favorites, Desiree, you want to kind of tell, I mean, I'm pretty sure most people who listen to this have seen it, but let's talk about <laughs> just kind of like the basic plot. Like what is the plot of Step Brothers? Oh goodness. Okay. So the basic plot is a man and a woman meet each other and they find out that they both have sons, same age, living at home. Um, you know, it's like the typical, my 40 year old son lives <laughs> lives in my house, house still. Um, so they connect on that and then uh, they move, they get married, move in with each other. And then the two sons basically, you know, start from there with their humor, which is John C. Riley and, and Will, Will Ferrell and going from there of first hating each other and then growing to become best friends. So do we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. So everyone, what's your favorite scene from Step Brothers? Oh gosh, there's so many. That's a really hard question. It is. <laughs> um, for me, definitely, I do love the the boats and hose music video. Yes, absolutely. And then I think the, first, the ending scene to the end, yeah, where Will Ferrell is singing. And this is I find so funny. So he's singing that I don't even know, just some opera song. <laughs> and it's really funny because if you guys have seen Blades of Glory, which ha also has Will Ferrell in it, in the opening scene where it's showing um, um, John Heater's character, um, 
McElroy skating to the exact same song. So I, I always thought that was funny, just that connection with, with that song. <laughs> Never noticed that though. Will Ferrell really like, he sings a lot in a lot of movies that he does, which is really funny. He's got a good voice. I don't know. Does he have like any, oh, he's got a rap album. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What? Is it like a mix of Fergie and Jesus? <laughs> oh, it didn't come out, which is so sad. It looks like he and Adam, or Adam McKay, who is the producer of this film, or he's the director of this film. Um, it says that he announced in 2011 that there was going to be a Step Brothers rap album. Oh. And then it fell apart and never got released. Darn. Bummer. It might have been. Is that when that movie came out? Like 2000? It says 2008 here on oh, the wow. webs. That seems like so long ago. Such great, such great um, directors and producers for this film too. Like no wonder it did so well. It's Adam McKay, Jimmy Miller, and Judd Apatow. So mm-hmm. you know how we love Judd Apatow in this group. Yes, we sure do. <laughs> And uh, I'm looking it up and it doesn't look like you can stream this movie anywhere, but you can definitely rent it um, probably for relatively cheap. It looks like on Vudu, you can uh, rent it for $2.99, um, Amazon Prime $2.99, YouTube, iTunes, pretty cheap rental. But no, this film is definitely a classic. I didn't see it for a long time um, after it came out. I think I didn't see it until maybe after high school. I graduated in 2010, so it might have been after that. I honestly don't remember, but it's just it's just so funny. Just and also, it was the first movie I saw um, Adam Scott in, and he's such an asshole mm. in this movie. Like he's so mean. <laughs> he's a good asshole. Like just that kind. Con- I don't know why that comes so naturally to him. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not an asshole in real life, but he definitely is a good one in this yeah. movie for sure. Dane, um, 20 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> I think my favorite scene is just the whole like Catalina wine mixer. Yes. Part of the movie. It's just so funny. Or when they're making the bunk beds. Yes. I like like the part though too when they're all in the car singing and he's just like sitting there like berating her like you're horrible. You're horrible. Like no flat. It's fine. I can take let me take over. Let me finish that for you. Like it's just so great. And I love that it's that is the connection that makes um, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell's characters bond and now like each other because of that. Um, so yeah, like my my favorite definitely like of the movie though is what I was gonna say is his wife, <laughs> like, and how John C. Riley's character and um, her totally become this thing and that her quotes or like things that she says that's what I quote the most (laughs) they're so inappropriate but so fantastic and so it's just yeah (laughs) I love John C. Riley. he needs to be in more things honestly I I just love him I feel like he is starting to come in a lot more than what Will Ferrell was um recently I guess I'm trying to think of the one that I just watched with him not that long ago. I, I just rewatched Walk Hard a few weeks ago. Um, there was another one that I just can't think of, but man, he's just so funny. They're both so funny. They are. A few weeks ago, I was on like a Will Ferrell kick and I watched a whole bunch of his movies. <laughs> and so this was one of them. I hadn't seen it in a long time and I rewatched it recently. So oh, man, I watched it so back. much. It's ridiculous. Like I've watched it. I don't even want to know. It's 
<laughs> it's well past hundreds of times I've seen it so much. It's just one of my favorites. I just, I don't know. Like there was a time when it first came out. Like I, so I was trying to think, Jamie, like when you mentioned when it came out, um, that, and back then I was a bar manager. So I was, I was running a bar and uh, when we would come home, me and my roommates who all worked together, like literally that was the first thing we did was play that movie and watch it like over and over and over. So it was in that time frame of like 2009, 2010. Um, so yeah, that since then it's just always been one of my favorites that we still like will comment or like make quotes or anything in regards to that movie all the time. That's fun. I was, I'm just looking at the cast and I forget how many of these people have these like little cameos, um, and also, you know, mm -hmm. lead roles. So Richard Jenkins as, um, Dobek, Robert Dobek, um, Mary Steenbergen as Nancy, um, Catherine Hahn is, um, Derek's wife, Alice. She's hysterical. I love her. Um, Rob Riggle, I forget is in this. Um, Ken Jeong, uh, and Seth Rogen has uh, a little cameo and also, um, Horatio Sands is the lead singer of the, the 80, the Billy Joel band at the end. Didn't know that. So learn something new, but, but yeah, so, uh, Step Brothers is definitely a classic. I'd say, like I said, you can find it anywhere that you can typically rent a movie, unfortunately not streaming anywhere, but, um, Hey, you know, 12 years later, it's, it's fun for me to go back and watch these comedies from, you know, 10 years plus, because some of them don't really age very well. Um, in our last episode, Mina was saying that she had recently watched Not Another Teen Movie for the first time, which came out in like, I think 2001. And that movie, I'm like scared to watch it because I loved it when I was younger. And I feel like if I watch it as an adult, I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> It's horribly, horribly inappropriate. Yes. Like, I cannot believe I was watching it when I was that young. Same with um, Euro Trip. I used to really love that movie. I watched mm -hmm. it a thousand times when I was young, and I'm, I haven't rewatched it in a long time, but it's probably equally up there on the inappropriate list. Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, it, it's crazy to think about that. I haven't seen Not Another Teen Movie. Oh, I don't even know the last time I saw that. But I was just thinking about this um, the other day. Clueless was on. And oh, I watched Clueless too. Yeah, and it was on, and I can't remember how old I was. I think I was in middle school. I don't even know when it came out, and I watched it then. And then I was like watching, and I was like, "Ooh, I like I get the jokes now. Back then, I don't, I didn't. But it was just yeah. Whoa, like did not realize like what I was. It's crazy to like see that. But I find that to even be in a lot of songs and stuff too, like movie shows, mm -hmm. like stuff that I watched as a kid. It's like, whoa, mm -hmm. <laughs> shouldn't have been watching that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just, we just rewatched Clueless because my husband, it was on TV and my husband had never seen it. And I was like, oh my God, have you not seen Clueless? It's like classic. And I think it just, it, it's like 30, 25 30 years maybe. 25, yeah. So I was young when it came out, but um, it's a classic. And there's a lot of stuff in it that that doesn't hold up. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, like, the general, like, premise of the movie and the fact that it's, like, kind of satirical of rich people is yeah. that stuff holds up. It's pretty funny. I would say that the one thing that definitely holds up is Paul Rudd, who has not aged a day. No, I actually forgot he was in that movie, and he is kind of a stud, though. I still think it's really weird that they're, like, step-siblings, and then they get together, and then... Well, they're not really related. They're not blood-related. It's fine. 
so weird. I agree with Nina. That was so weird. my thoughts. It was like, I did think about that. I'm like, granted, like apparently the, mo like, the mom and the dad aren't married anymore, but still, that's still strange. I mean, corrupt. Yeah. And I had so many okay. questions. Like, how long were they actually married for? Did they grow up together? Like, <laughs> there's just so many unanswered questions in that that they leave now. Yeah, and that's something I remember when I was younger and seeing this movie, I was just like, oh, so cute and romantic. And now that I'm older, I'm like, ew, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm the weird one here. Um, but uh, I actually read an, an article recently that um, Paul Rudd actually was held at gunpoint when making this movie. Like he was robbed and then went to go like do the movie the next day. Like crazy. crazy. And it's funny because in the movie, there is also a robbery. At Right, exactly. Like that's what I was just about to say is like that and that's involved in there. Maybe that inspired it to be in there. Maybe. Maybe there wasn't a robbery and they're like, hey, we're gonna use your real life experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's wild. He was I'm Conrad had to have been like 18 in that movie. He's so young. Looks so young anyway. He's at least 50 now. I think maybe he just turned 50. So he probably was, yeah, like early twenties when he did that movie and yet he looks the exact same and I've heard that he's like the most humble amazing person ever and it just just warms my soul I agree that would that makes me happy to hear that because he comes off as that person so it's nice to hear that like when you get that impression of someone that they actually are instead of completely the opposite of what they portray that movie also kind of bummed me out because I hadn't seen a movie in a long time with Brittany Murphy in it I know yeah. I agree and that was Very one of good. her first too. She mm -hmm. was so young um, back then. It was like, and then I was like thinking about um, because I had also seen Eight Mile recently, mm -hmm. and so it was like crazy to see her in that, like when she was so young, and when that was like one of her first, and then to see her in Eight Mile, which is not too far um, closer closer to her passing, and how different she looked and and all of that so I mean obviously I know she was also playing a part um and a character in that but yeah it's just crazy to it was crazy to see the differences yeah after watching it I kind of went down a rabbit hole because I remember when Brittany Murphy died it wasn't that long ago I mean I was in high school when it happened mm -hmm. um but I didn't remember like what had happened and I started going down this rabbit hole and there's like a bunch of like weird conspiracies about mm -hmm. it like her um I think her husband died like right after she died too of okay. pneumonia. Like she died of pneumonia and then her husband died of pneumonia like six months later or something like that. Like super weird circumstances. Crazy. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I was going to bring that up that there's actually like a, um, like a documentary movie, I think about what happened to her. Um, because yeah, she was very young. Um, and she had had some I think she had had like an eating disorder. She had some, you know, personal issues that obviously did not help her health, but it's definitely weird circumstances. Um, her, I think a lot of people think that her mom was involved. I think that's wild. Wow. That's crazy. Is it a documentary that's on something right now or like how long ago did you watch that? Um, well, I didn't actually watch it, but I, I've seen a lot of previews for it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, let me actually look that up yeah Brittany Murphy documentary um so it looks like it's um yeah Brittany Murphy and ID mystery 
I don't know where that is supposed to, they were talking about, it looks like all these like articles are from um, like May, June of this year. So I don't know if it's not out yet. I don't know what I, ID I'm assuming is some channel, um, but they do a lot of these like mysteries, like, you know, unsolved type stuff. Um, but it is super unfortunate because I love Brittany Murphy, especially in Clueless. Like she has probably the most iconic line of the entire movie, which is you're a virgin who can't drive. And I had heard that she actually was a virgin who couldn't drive when she made the movie, which I think is so cute. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. It's definitely a classic, definitely a good rom-com, 90s rom-com for sure. Love the, you know, the music in that movie and the clothes and definitely, you know, all the actors and actresses that we don't really see as much anymore, except for Paul Rudd, who's still, you know, kicking it and, you know, kicking ass and being Ant-Man. And I also saw that he is 51. He turned 51 this year. So looking like he's 25. Crazy. That is so crazy. So uh, moving on from movies. Um, so let's talk about shows. Um, again, I was talking to Desiree about some of our favorite shows of all time. And she mentioned one of them was, um, shameless. So, um, I've talked about shameless on here before. I'm in the middle of rewatching it right now. I'm in season two. Um, Nina said you really couldn't get into it. Is that right? No, it's one of those shows that I have a hard time sometimes with like, and I think I've mentioned this on, on here before, like the office even is one of my favorite shows, but there's like the cringeworthy moments. I don't go out of my way for that. Like, I don't like feeling like, uncomfortable when somebody on screen is doing something you know it's like one of those like oh my god I can't watch <laughs> um, and that's how I feel about Shameless like I watched a couple of the episodes and I was just like oh god it just makes me too uncomfortable to enjoy it enough but I've heard such good things about it people love it I wish I could get past it yeah I, I mean I understand if you're not into that that part of things um I will say for me like it did take me I think my love for it was at the end of season one and going into season two um, because I feel like in any type of these shows, you just have to push through the pilots and, True. you know, get to know everyone, which is what I did. And then, you know, this was actually one of the shows that I utilized as my editing shows, <laughs> um, <laughs> like to edit all my photos. So I watched the first season so I could understand who each person was. And then from there, like the rest of the seasons, I could just sit and edit without actually having to watch and just listen and say like, okay, I know that that is Fiona or I know that that's Ian. Like I know that that's their voices and just be able to listen to it. Um, and then just kind of, you know, catch glimpses and stuff of watching. So maybe try that, Nina, like listen to it while you're doing something else, like working out or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to try it. That's actually one of my favorite things to do is, um, because I hate cardio, I hate cardio so much, <laughs> but I will like to motivate myself to do it. I'll find a show that I'm super into and I'll take like my iPad to the gym or whatever, my or just watch it on my phone. And I'll be like, okay, I can only watch this show if I'm working out while I'm watching it. Yeah. So then that's how, how I watched all of Sons of Anarchy. I watched all of it at the gym because like every day I would just be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour and watch an episode and then come back the next day and watch an episode. So it's a good motivating factor to watch this show um, that you really like and get yourself to the gym and watch it. There you go. <laughs> 
See, for me, like I can't watch TV when I work out because, or at least when I do cardio, just because I need something super upbeat and angry. So I listen to a lot of like heavy metal and like screamo music and like rap when I work out. Cause I just need something that's just kind of like get me moving. But, um, but with, with shameless, it's uh, it's definitely very racy. So I don't know if you want to watch that one at the gym. There's a lot of nudity. So <laughs> you might have somebody walking by like, Oh, there's, there's some boobies. Right. Or maybe just like be at the cardio machine in the back far corner that nobody can Yeah, where nobody can see you have a wall to your back. Yeah. Hey, at least we have to uh, be social distancing right now. So you might be in luck with that. That's true. Right. Um, uh, uh, We were talking about it before we started recording that um, there are currently 10 seasons of shameless on Netflix. It is a showtime show, but if you are interested in getting started on this show and just kind of like the premise of the show is it is a family in Chicago on the South side and it is led by, I'm the oldest daughter, Fiona. She has five younger siblings. Their father, Frank Gallagher is a drunk and just a, just not a good dad. And their mother ran out on them a few years ago. Um, so Fiona kind of carries the family and they all just have their own interesting characteristics. Um, Lip is the next oldest and he is insanely smart. Um, Ian is in ROTC. He is also gay. So he deals with that. Um, he also has bipolar disorder, which you don't find out for a couple of seasons. Um, they have Debbie and, um, Carl and then Liam, the youngest, and just kind of all the shenanigans that they get into, how they try to, you know, make ends meet, Nina, or not Nina, <laughs> Fiona starts off as a high school dropout and she kind of works her way up to, in the latest season, she's a land a landlord and is like making big bucks. And actually the actress left the show after the ninth season. Um, there is the 10th season on Netflix now. And then the 11th I heard, which was supposed to be released sometime this year. I don't know if it's currently airing, um, is the last season. So the show is almost over, but you can binge the first 10 seasons on Netflix right now. Yes. I am patiently waiting. Um, I know that I Googled a few times trying to find out when season 11 is supposed to come out. It hasn't came out yet. I know that, um, season 10 just switched over onto Netflix. Um, so hopefully season 11 will come out and there is there's so many rumors swarming around that hopefully Fiona was supposed to come back for the final season because it is the final season it's the series finale and it makes me so sad but at the same time they've done 11 seasons and it's it's to a point now where I feel like you know they've done everything they could and they did a great job of really trying to keep it going in all the seasons. Yep. I was going to ask that. Do you think it's one of those shows where it's like run its course? Like, have you already felt that way within the last few seasons? I would say, I don't know about you, Jamie, but there was a, there was a couple seasons in there where I was like, okay, what's going, what's going on here? Like, keep me going. And then they they would pull it back um, and get some things going up again. Um, and with the current season, I'm sure you'll see Jamie once you get there. Um, they've done a really great job of with Fiona not being in in there anymore, and um, 
lip stepping up and even Debbie who how we were just talking about that um, Debbie has changed so much so it's a great season to see that so not only is it sitting here patiently waiting for season 11 to come out to see what they're going to end it with um, and where they're going to go with it and if Fiona is going to be there for the final season and all of that. Um, so even with Frank the dad, I mean, they've done a great job at keeping his character on point pretty much through every single season. Um, there was a few times here and there where I was like, okay, we're getting a little overboard here, but yeah. Um, I agree. For the most part, it's it's ran its course. I agree with that 100%. Um, but it's not one of those where I feel like, gosh, uh, The Walking Dead to me, like, mm. is just long overdone. And I'm just, yeah, it's just too much for me. Where, yeah, I even like think about um, what's that Meet the Fockers movies, like, I just feel yeah. like even those that they, they were just so outdone. It was just to the point where it's unbelievable. So Shameless has done a good job of not going too over the over the board. Um, yeah, same yeah. with Orange is the New Black. That's another one that I felt like they went way overboard yeah. and totally messed that whole thing up too. But that's me. I would one hundred percent agree. I think that when the first when the show first came out, I was really excited. It was very it was a very progressive show. Like what people really loved about it was not only was there a lot of representation, um, but I mean, you know, the women looked like real women do. Like they're you know, and yeah. so many different personalities and really interesting stories about how pretty much like anybody can get kind of wrapped up in that world and find themselves in prison. It doesn't matter what your background is. Um, but then it just got so unbelievably weird and just didn't make any sense. And also one thing I always found interesting was, okay, so the show takes place in our world, you know, with all the seasons over like six or seven years, but they're only supposed to be, Piper's only in prison for like, what, 15 months, 18 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, not very long. And they're talking about stuff like in the last seasons, either season six or season seven, I remember they were talking about like current stuff. And I'm like, yes. this should be 2013. Like this doesn't, you have to think about that when you're on a limited time frame. Like that's what I loved about Breaking Bad was that show it's five seasons and it was over the course of like six years, but it was only within like what, like a year and a half worth of time. And they stayed with it. Like they had the old cell phones, they had the old, you know, computers and you know, the way people dress, like they stuck with that time. And I feel like if shows are going to do that, they need to remember, you know, the, the time frame of the story they're telling. Yeah. Stick to the roots of what the story is supposed to be about and like what it involves. Like don't go AWOL and start like adding in things going on, um, you know, adding in all of that stuff. I mean, maybe I don't know, address, like if there's a current event going on, address it in, in it, if you want to include it in the show, address it in a way when it was during that time frame, or just somehow incorporate it in, of, but not going crazy with it. Um, yeah, I feel like, I'm not a writer, but I feel like they could have done so much more with that show by just prolonging out and, and bringing in and focusing and honing in more on you know, certain characters in the show and what their life is like and Piper's relationship 
with each of them and, and all of that. There's, there were so many different directions they could have went with it to keep it going of what it's like and what it is an inside look of women in prison. I feel like. Agreed. Did you ever watch Weeds? Yes, a little bit, a little bit. So it's the same creator. Um, and I feel like it had the same problem where it started off really, really strong. And then it just went, it just went off the rails. Mm -hmm. The last couple of seasons of weeds are like, don't make sense. And it's like, it should have, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about shows is like when they keep going, when they shouldn't, and when things don't make sense anymore, or they're just completely unrealistic. I always talk about Grey's Anatomy, which I cannot stop watching. I don't know what my problem is, but I can't stop watching it regardless of the fact that so many unrealistic things happen to one small group of people. It's just insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But you saying that about current events kind of made me start thinking about like how wild is it going to be to start seeing like COVID showing up in TV shows and movies? Mm -hmm. I was thinking- And when? Yeah, I was thinking that watching Superstore, um, which actually- I think they're in season five. They weren't able to do their last episode because of COVID. So it's literally just hanging off of a cliff. We have no idea what's going to happen. And it's, it was so funny when they had these episodes about like, you know, St. Patrick's day at the store. And I'm like, St. Patrick's day, everything was shut down. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it feels like you're in a different, like, like universe than the show. I mean, obviously the, the show is its own universe, but like, it should also reflect real life. So it's interesting like, you know, watching all of that with, with the world that we're living in now. Um, I did want to say something about, uh, um, a show that Nina and I both really like dead to me. Did you watch that Desiree? I didn't. And I've heard that it's really great. Um, so James, he's watched it. So I've like caught glimpses of it, but I have not fully watched it myself. Oh, it's a fantastic show. You need to watch it. So good. Do you like drama? Or like dramedies? I, I do. I do. I just, I don't know how to describe, like I said, like, I totally love junk reality TV, <laughs> just because the simple factor that it makes me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> oh, I forgot you told me that you watched Love is Blind too, and that came out, right? And yeah, we were talking I, about yeah, I jumped on the, the bandwagon and, and jumped on in the, the bandwagon and watched that. <laughs> when we were in the office, yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it was just such it's oh garbage, gosh. but I love it. It was, it was so garbage, but it was just hilarious. Like everything about it, like it was just, yeah. So I definitely am into those shows. Um, and there's watch. things that will catch my personality. Um, Do you watch The Bachelor? No, no, that's one I can't get behind. Like, I can't I, either. I can't either. It's so that's unrealistic. Right. Like, at least with my housewife shows, like, I know some of this stuff isn't real, but for the most part, I mean, they can get real <laughs> trashy and, like, yell at themselves, and it's, like, kind of realistic or relatable, you know? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool, but you just made me feel better, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure in that that's way. That's why. Yeah. We're, like, Bachelor, I feel like they they just started bringing in all these, like, gorgeous, beautiful women and you know, that aren't really looking for love and just, yeah. yeah. That really um, reminds me of why I love the show America's Next Top Model, which I am just obsessed with that show. I 
used to watch it all the time. And, um, I didn't really get into like the later seasons once they like started adding men and nothing wrong with male models, but just once it got to that point. And then there was a point where like Tyra wasn't even on the show anymore. And like, but the early seasons are so much fun because as a photographer, I love to see the shoots that they do and just like, (laughs) yeah, what they're able to do. I think that's really cool. Um, but just the drama of the show and the girls fighting and just all of that is so much fun. And just the weird stuff that Tyra makes them do is just, is so much fun. But the reason I brought up dead to me is because we're, you know, we're talking about shows that went on for too long. So season three of dead to me, which I think is supposed to come out next year, maybe who knows it's supposed to be the last season and it's only the third season. So I do appreciate a show that knows when to, you know, call it quits. It's, it's unfortunate because it is a good show, but you know, maybe it's for the best because if you, if you're familiar with the story, I really don't know how much more you can go with it. I mean, it, it would get to a point where it would be ridiculous and unbelievable and all that kind of stuff. So True. I I clicked on a, I had a clickbait article on Facebook that I clicked that was about like a study of people like our age um, and their preferences for what kind of shows that they binge. And there was this whole thing about like how, you know, a lot of people feel the same way as us, that it's annoying when shows go on for too long and we don't want it. And like the preferred like amount of seasons or something for a show to binge is like, I think three to five. So I think that net, like Netflix and like other companies are picking up on that and knowing now that it's more important to end their show like a little bit early, but end it on a good note instead of dragging it out and letting people get irritated with it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, that's probably, maybe that is why Netflix is bringing Ozarks to an end. (laughs) Yes. So Desiree, you did say that that's another one of your favorite shows. So Nina, you're into Ozark, aren't you? I am, but I have not watched the most recent season. It's on my watch list, but we've had so many things that we wanted to review lately. So I just haven't had a chance to get to it, but I will. I'm very excited for it. My, my husband likes Ozark and I, when he started watching it a couple of years ago, I just couldn't get into it. And it wasn't, I love Jason Bateman and I love, um, what's the actress's name? Who's his wife? Oh, I can't oh, her name. Uh, I know it. I will think of it. Or is it Laura Linney? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, I love both of them. I just couldn't get into it. Maybe I, I think I need to give it another chance because I, I've just heard nothing but wonderful things about that show. Um, so for those of us who haven't started it yet, what is Ozark about? Um, so I would say just to kind of answer the, uh, the question or like the thing about, um, Ozark, it's kind of like how I told Nina with Shameless, like just get through that first season. Um, cause it's just going to give you the details of it. So basically it's about a husband that, um, somehow, which you learn over the seasons, that he is, gets involved in money laundering, and it's through a Mexican drug cartel, Um, and then it just kind of goes from there, and the reason that they go to Ozark, and why it's called Ozark, is because his person, who Jason Bateman was originally partners with, or why he got into it, again, which is things you'll find out in the seasons, um, he had suggested Ozark before and like kind of talked about it. So he basically threw it at them as what we would call here in Atlas as a bird bath. 
and took a chance on it and was like, here, I, this is what I can do. And that's basically what saved their life. And then they moved to Ozark and it just goes from there. Um, and brings in some fantastic characters. Uh, I just feel like it's the one show that is just for me personally, that has nailed it every step of the way. Um, the first season to me was just so interesting while I was like very antsy of being like, okay, get to the point. Like what, what's going on here? Like, tell me what's going on. Um, but it just, by the end drew me in and was like, okay, second season, let's go. And then like getting in there more and more. Um, so it's kind of interesting that the last season is coming up, but at this point, it's kind of like what Nina said. It, it's to a, how you guys were talking about with the dead to me, it's to a point where it needs to come to an end. There's really not much further they can go with it. And um, season four was mind blowing, like absolutely mind blowing. Like I just, yeah. I've heard such good things. I'm anxious to watch it, but I didn't love season sorry, three. Season three. Or I didn't love season two a lot. I'm, no. I feel like when I was watching it, I was enjoying it. But now when I think back to it, I, there's not a lot that I can really remember from it. Like other than like the main things that happen. Like I think I was just a lot more into season one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I think all. because I'm of the suspense of like not really knowing like what's going to happen in season one. And then in season two, it's really, they more dive into like their own. I don't, don't want to really, I don't want to ruin it for Jamie, but it's okay. like the, you're in all of season one, you're like waiting to see what's going to happen. Like something's bad. Something bad is going to happen. You don't know. And then season two is more of like Jason Bateman's character, like developing his own like take on the whole thing and how he chooses to handle it and go forward mm -hmm. now that he's in a position of a little bit more power kind of so I don't know yeah yeah I just I really love Julia Garner's um character Ruth like she is fantastic and I just love her so much throughout the seasons like She's just one of my favorites. And I think that that's maybe why I love season two so much. Maybe I'm just like, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's kind of funny. Like I'm sitting here thinking about like shameless and stuff. I just must really be into the trashy <laughs> like girls. I don't know what it is. Um, but I just really loved them bringing her in. And then like her, especially when she, and I don't want to give it away for, for Jamie because there's just so much but when she like starts to take over for one of the businesses I just kind of see her come to light and find her own and how it like matches up with her um but yeah and then season three was interesting for me at, at first I was a little like what the heck is going on um and then by the end it was like oh goodness sakes like whoa whoa I'm so excited I love her too. Um, and I was trying to think, I was like, man, I just watched her in something and it was Waco. Did you see Waco? I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's in it and it's, it's wild too. I have to watch that because I love her. Like that was like the one thing I was like the whole time I was like, please don't take her away. So I was stoked that she was still in there in season three. Um, and even I'm just, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for season four and I'm, I know that they just announced like it's going to be the last and final season um, and to cut the series. But now I'm nervous because it took so long for season three to come out. I mean, we had to wait like right. almost two years 
And so now I'm interested to know when is season four going to come out because we already waited two years as it is. And with COVID, I have no idea what's going on. No, Jamie and I keep kind of touching back on that, that we just don't know what like the next year of television and movies is really going to look like because a lot of stuff is getting pushed off for production. Like I finally, Jamie, I'm finally caught up on season seven of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which still obsessed with it. It's still amazing. But um they're supposed to come out with a new season this year, and I don't think it's going to happen. There's no way yeah. that they've been recording it. Yeah. I honestly haven't really followed too much in the news stuff. Like, have you guys, like, in regards to production and, like, what's actually happening? Like, I I haven't really watched or, like, listened to much of what their plans are for so many shows and movies out there that they were planning to come out. Like, I don't even know. Well, typically, like, summer is usually the time when they're recording a lot of stuff that's supposed to come out in the fall. So, like, This Is Us, for example, should be having season five come out in a couple of months, but I have not heard anything. And I follow a few of the actors on the show on, like, different social media platforms, and I have not heard anything as far as, like, delays or or whatever. Um, but it's it's definitely, yeah, everything's just kind of on hold. And who knows when when things are going to pick back up and we can, we can get back to those shows that we, that we love. It's, it's kind of sad, but um, definitely understandable. It would be weird if I saw people were, you know, filming again, because, you know, just, it's not, not the best idea. Um, I actually had, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, no, I agree. It's so it just, yeah. Interested to see how it's going to go about. I was um, talking with one of our other brand specialists and she had some interesting questions she wanted us to introduce to um, these recruiter spotlights. So we always talk about, you know, stuff that we love and shows that we love, but is there a show that you guys have watched, whether from beginning to end or uh, that you tried and just couldn't get through? Is there, what's the show that you don't like, or maybe something that everyone else likes that you just never got into? American Horror Story. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm predictable. Okay. (laughs) Just can't get into it. I'm sorry. Also the walking dead. I watched, I actually watched the first two seasons of the walking dead. It was on when I was in college. And so I was like, we had a group of friends that would have watch parties for it. And then I kind of, that's a show that I was like, literally how long can this go on? It's a zombie apocalypse. Like everyone's going to die eventually. Like we all know how zombie movies end. Why, why has it had a thousand seasons? I don't, I just don't get it. Blame the people who made the comic books because the comics are still going. So it's just like never ending content that they can use. I would agree with uh, The Walking Dead for sure on that one. I didn't even watch from the beginning. I think I was like, I caught in on like maybe the second or third season, third season even, I think it was, and only watched a few seasons after that. And I haven't, I haven't watched it in a couple years now. I tried to watch, actually, I tried to watch it. I think the last time I watched it was like 2018. So whenever the season was out during that and I was just, I was over it. It, it was just dragged on way too long um but gosh what a great question because there is just so many shows out there that I feel like I haven't watched that people talk about all the time that I just hasn't interested me or simply just because I'm like ah nah (laughs) for me that show is Mad Men I could not get into it. And I think, and I understand that it's the point. I understand that it's supposed to be a very sexist male driven society. It's in the sixties. I get it. That's the point, but I couldn't get past that. It made me so mad. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and watch it. Like Don Draper is an 
asshole. Like I just could not, <laughs> I couldn't get behind him. And I understand that there are shows like, like Breaking Bad, I'll talk about Breaking Bad forever, but you know, Walter White is this horrible person who doesn't start off as a horrible person, but he becomes this, you know, this monster by the end of the show. He's the protagonist, but he's not a good person. And I understand Don Draper's the same. He's not necessarily a good person, but he's the, the person that we're following in the story. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. And it's not a show that I want to try to, to watch. Um, but that, that's that show for me. Just couldn't get into that one. I had a hard time with it at first too. And I, I kind of pushed past it because, you know, my husband wanted to watch it. <laughs> Probably wasn't as hard for him to watch, but um, it ended up, I mean, it was a really good show um, though. I will never see John Hamm is in so many movies and I love him, him as an actor, but he plays a really good asshole. And that's kind of like how I always see him now. I always see him as Don Draper. And um, his character from Bridesmaids. Yep. The asshole, like, kind of boyfriend person. He, did you know he wasn't even credited for that movie? Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he, I don't know if he got paid for it or not, but I don't, he's, like, not in the credits. <laughs> just rewatched it, like, the other day while I was um, just, like, passively watching it. You know, I was multitasking and it was on TV. And I'm like, man, he, that's such, he's just such an asshole in that movie. That, it's so funny. That movie is just fantastic that's one of those that's one of the comedies that I could watch over and over and over again like it's just so funny yeah so I actually just pulled up my Netflix to kind of like browse at some of the shows because I know that there were so many on there um that people have talked about and just like looking at a couple that I'm sure people have watched that I just haven't even taken the chance to give it to them like one of them being Queen of the South like I know I've had friends talk about that show a lot I haven't watched it yet um and then Arrested, Develop uh, Arrested Development, I've never watched that one. And then kind of like what Nina said, I haven't watched The Office. I haven't watched Mad Men either. It's just never, nothing stuck, like stuck out about it for me. I didn't even know that that was like the plot or that it was around. So I'm like, meh, I won't watch it now. Um, or even like Parks and Recreation. Like I've seen other people watch that too. And I just haven't caught on to any of that at all. Um how dare you i'm just kidding <laughs> i feel i feel similarly though about parks and rec like i've tried to watch it a hundred times and like for some reason i just can't get past the first couple episodes and i know that i'll love it i know i will i just like can't dedicate enough time to like getting into it so i will tell you right now ladies that it's it's like desiree's been saying you gotta get through the pilot season because the first season of parks and rec is like arguably horrible it's not good the characters aren't very well developed they actually it's kind of like with the first season of the office where you know these like michael scott was way more unbearable and cringy in the first season and they kind of changed him for the second season and moving forward he became more lovable and kind of like a, you know a, a goof as opposed to just a, an asshole um and it's the same thing with parks and rec um leslie nope is kind of more of an airhead in the first season but she's actually becomes a much better, very intelligent, independent character as the show goes on. But that being said, both of those shows are an investment. And if you're going to watch them, be prepared to watch them over and over again for the rest of your life. Because I'm kind of stuck in that loop right now of continuously watching The Office. I'm not rewatching it right now, but I have rewatched it many times. I think that having like really, really strong character development at the very beginning of a show like catching your audience's attention and like having them be able to relate to the characters 
is so important for like becoming attached to a show, like for the longevity of this, this series, because I don't know if you just can't, if you can't relate to the characters, if you can't like feel empathetic for the characters or, you know, whatever's going on in their lives in the show, then you just can't stay interested in it. And I just feel like if, if you don't catch me in the like first couple of episodes and like have me feeling a certain way about a character, then I just can't keep going. I hear you. I, I agree. I I would say that that's very true. I mean, I think that that's why I've kind of connected a lot with like the characters I had, like talking about earlier with like Ruth and Ozark and like even in Shameless and stuff, I definitely grew up in a quote unquote broken home and parents, mom, single mom, um, married stepdad and living paycheck to paycheck with young, my mom was young when she had me. So it's shows like that definitely connect with me more because that's how I grew up. And so it's like relatable and, and all of that. And um, like, you know, back in Shameless, seeing Fiona like become successful and, and all that, that was definitely like things that I was always like super prideful on, you know, like graduating high school with honors and going to college and being the first one to go to college and in my family and all that. So it's, I would agree with that, that that's how a lot of people tend to connect to shows and why some people like things and others don't. That is honestly, you know, such a good point. Just there's so much out there. We live in such a very interesting time as far as, uh, you know, these television shows go and these streaming platforms, there's so much out there for everybody. Like there's something out there for everyone. And, um, it just makes it all the more fun to see, you know, what these different writers and producers come up with, what these actors are able to do. It's, it's definitely fun to see. Um, let's wrap things up with one final question. Um, we, we talk about this a lot on our regular review episodes, but what is, what are you watching now, Desiree? Like what's a, what's a new show that you've seen or movie that, um, you really, really liked? Um, so right now I have been watching, um, friends from college. Um, I like it. I just yeah. need to pay attention more. <laughs> Um, and I haven't got all the way through it, um, but I've been watching that. And then the other movie I watched was The Wrong Missy, and that was just so off the wall, but yet absolutely hilarious. Like I just, I love her because she was in um, Orange is the New Black, and so mm -hmm. it's so crazy to see her be so completely different from her um, being a security guard in Orange is the New Black to being this crazy girlfriend, wife, whatever, like, oh yeah. So those are the two show or show and movie that I've watched recently. I actually, so I loved Friends from College. Um, it has a lot of great actors. Um, Keegan-Michael Key, Kobe Smolders. Um, that is all I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but there's, there's some good actors in that show. Unfortunately, it was canceled. So it only has the two seasons. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to but, know. It was a recommendation by another recruiter, um, Mario, from my training class. He had said that we should all watch it. So I was like, all right, cool. I need some new shows to watch. So I'm giving it to It was good. Um, the casting is great for that show. Though mm -hmm. I can't, I think I watched season two and I can't remember what happens. Um, well, spoiler alert, it ends on a cliffhanger. And That's what I thought. And then I was like, oh, they'll definitely have a season three. And then it not, like nothing well, happened. No. Dad. Unfortunately, that story does not get to get wrapped up. I will say um, 
it, I think it was a Netflix show, right? Yeah. Um, a Netflix original. So another Netflix original that I loved was Santa Clarita diet with, yes. Uh, yes. With, uh, Drew Barrymore, who I am like obsessed with. She's one of my favorite actresses ever. That show ended on a cliffhanger, um, in the final season and then it got canceled. So it's, it's really unfortunate that we'll never get to see what happens, but you know, you can kind of fill in the blanks yourself for that kind of stuff. What you think, what would happen? Um, it's a zombie movie that actually ended before it should have ended it's the opposite of the walking dead <laughs> it's true it's true give some of those extra seasons of the walking dead of santa clarita diet that's what we want desiree what sorry what did you what was the movie that you said the wrong missing yeah it's david spade's movie um i haven't heard anything about this oh gosh it's it's a netflix movie as far as i know like it's david spade's movie i honestly okay so here's how it even came about like I came out on the couch and sat down and it, he had just started watching it. Um, James was watching it and I was like, what? Like, I thought it was like a show. And so I was like on my phone, like texting with some of the travelers. And I was like, what is this? And then it just totally got me distracted and watched it and was just dying laughing. Um, so I didn't catch the beginning part and I still need to go back and watch like the full thing. Um, but yeah, it's like, he was like, oh yeah, this is David Spade's movie that he came out with that they have on Netflix and it's just so off the wall, but hilarious. And, and I love, I think it's, what is her name? Uh, I, I can't think of her name that plays the character. The actress. Yeah. So I tried watching that movie. Um, I fell asleep, which if you know me is not out of the ordinary. Um, isn't it, um, a, uh, Lauren, Lauren Lapkus. Yes. Isn't it a, uh, what's, what's the Adam Sandler production company? Oh, uh, happy, happy Madison. Happy Madison. Yeah. It's one of those movies. And David's, can I just say that like David Spade, like he, <laughs> I love David Spade, at least like, you know, like old David Spade back in, you know, the, um, Chris Farley days, SNL days. Um, but he just, I feel like he looks younger than he did back in the 90s am I the only one who thinks that no I agree <laughs> that is such a like good point like I I agree <laughs> I love David Spade okay well um that's gonna have to do it for today's episode um thank you Desiree so much for joining us it's been so much fun yeah it was great chatting with you guys and yeah. getting updated and finding out what you guys like too so lots of new shows for me to watch now <laughs> yes yes and maybe we'll all have to watch crazy stupid love together sometime Love it. <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> uh, before we before we say goodbye where are you on social media do you have any pages or accounts that you want to share with us that we can um let potential travelers know about yeah great question um so i am on social media i'm on facebook and um my name on there is desiree spillman uh, thrower is my maiden name technically my legal name <laughs> um so i am on facebook as desiree spillman and that is pretty much what i'm mainly on um i have instagram but i'm bad i don't really use it so <laughs> Um, but yeah, and other than that, you can find me on Atlas's profile, um, website as well. They have a profile on me to learn more about me as well. 
Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, Desiree, for joining us. And um, to all of our listeners out there, um, as always, if there's anything that you guys are watching that you think we should give a review, let us know. But until then, keep on streaming. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.